Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. We're in part two of our series, Soul Health, where we're looking at what a soul is, what is a healthy soul, what is an unhealthy soul, and how do we care for our souls. Uh, Interesting topic. I'm back here again with Matthew Morkin and Michael Rhodes, two of our elders, uh, which is an important topic for us because a command given to church overseers in Hebrews 13 is that we're to care for people's souls. Uh, So we want to better understand this. We want our people to better understand this. You guys ready to dive into this topic or... Yes, indeed. Yes, Yes, indeed. Let's do it. All right. So recap what we talked about last week, definition of a soul. What is a soul? I think we had three different definitions. (laughs) (laughs) It's like nailing this down can be true. We can talk around it. We can talk about it. In your own words, kind of recap. The the whole person, uh, the whole person that um, relates to and worships God. So the, the more than a body. Mm-hmm. portion of you that relates to God. Yeah, echoing that, just where the where all that's going on in the world meets God inside you. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about the cultural confusion when it comes to soul uh, or what your soul is. It's a very culturally understood topic or theme. You mentioned a Disney movie or a Pixar movie uh, on, called Soul, right? Kind of deals with that. Um, people have talked about trying to sell their soul, Um I remember a Simpsons episode where Homer sells his soul for a donut. <laughs> he sold his soul for a donut and then he ate the donut right away except one bite. And then he put it in the fridge with a sign that said, don't eat soul donut. <laughs> so there, there is a, uh, we're aware of soul talk, but there could be probably a lot of ignorance around what exactly is a soul. Um, how do we care for it? And maybe some of that ignorance leads to the lack of prioritizing it. We said people can care about their mental health, they can care about their physical health, but oftentimes don't seem to prioritize their spiritual health, their soul health. And just remind us again of a passage or two that prioritizes um, the soul. Yeah, First Peter one, Paul uh, Peter's writing says, "Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls." So, like the goal of your faith is the salvation of your soul, mm-hmm. not your body, not your mind. The salvation of your soul. So there's a high priority on this outcome of your faith, the goal of your faith being attached to your soul and the salvation of your soul. Mm. And I said this in the last um, podcast as well, but Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And just this picture of this, even the need to revive your soul. Why do you even need to revive your soul and why? And then it's just directly correlated uh, it's correlating the reviving of your soul to the word of the Lord. Yeah. The Lord's word revives your soul, the center of who you are. For sure. And then in Matthew 16, Jesus tells us what gain, you know, what will profit a man if he gains the whole world 
but forfeits his soul. And I think that might be one of the clearest verses of the priority we should have in our soul um, compared to other things. And there's a lot of things that we prioritize. Before we just jump right into soul health, because we're saying, hey, you, the health of your soul is something you should be concerned about, care about, pursue, prioritize. But often you see mental health and physical health taking a higher focus in people's life. There, there's a little, like, where do you see people's passion for uh, physical health and mental health in our world around us? And we're not saying those things are bad, but where do you see, like, boy, you're devoted to that? I mean, I think of, like, the CrossFit culture, right? Is, I mean, CrossFit is, nothing. I don't think there's inherently wrong with CrossFit. Like, go no, do it. That's, I don't think. Have you ever done a day at CrossFit? No, I've never done it. No. I play golf. No way. I, I want to see that. Michael lift a tire. Let's go. What, is that? what are you saying about me? I can lift a tire off my kid's bike. Um, but um, I don't have a clue where I'm going. CrossFit. Uh, but you just see this, like, people, like, an obsession happened with it. It's like, man, this is my community. Like these people care for me more than I think even to the detriment. Sometimes like these people care for me more than my church, which is super sad. Right. But they've given their lives to CrossFit again, not, not inherently wrong to go work out with a group of people. That's mm -hmm. fine. Um, but I think that's where a priority is like, man, this has taken over my life potentially. Mm. And there's a lot of other areas, not just CrossFit there. Yeah. What about like food health? Where do we see that? as a passion in the world today. I mean, everywhere we go and just, there's so much out there. I mean, and there's two extremes. There's the buying the boxes of donuts, but there's also the flip side where you're eating kale every meal, <laughs> you know, I don't know that anyone does that, but, but just in that sense to try to find peace and some form of harmony or, or something through food, whether mm -hmm. it be again, gorging or whether it be through some kind of a control yeah. feature in your life. It does feel like there's a heightened sensitivity for good or bad of what we're putting in our bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, is it organic? Is it, um, yeah. you know, what all natural, all natural, like where did it come from? Like there's this high, th this is bad toxins. I'm not mm -hmm. like, there's this heightened sensitivity to physical health, mm -hmm. um, which has like Paul says some value. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, physical health that has some value, but then godliness has eternal value. And oftentimes we take physical health and we have strong devotion, strong commitment. Uh, and then we look at our spiritual health and it's like, uh, maybe not, maybe not as much, mm -hmm. but scripture is clear that it should be a priority. So what is soul health? What does a healthy soul look like? What does it mean to have a healthy soul? Well, I would add to that list of, of other things we talked about food and exercise and stuff too, but like this desire for peace, whether it be through yoga or through some other form mm. of like sitting meditation, stuff along those lines. I've just been hearing a lot about that lately too. And I think to have a healthy soul is, I mean, the answer is to have a soul that's fixed on God, its creator. You know, I think treasuring God, I always go back to the Gospel Pathway series, that first um, part of the series, and would encourage you guys to go back and check it out on the media area of our website but that God is the treasure, and when we get that piece off, it messes everything up. There's this dynamic impact on everything when the soul isn't set on what it's supposed to be set on. And so an easy answer is a soul set on God is a soul that's, a, that's peaceful. Mm. Or, yeah. or you could say healthy. 
healthy. Feast, yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking the same thing, Matthew. With with God, the treasure, God, the prize. When you're the innermost part of who you are, your person, your whole person, when it recognizes that that God is bigger than food, that God is bigger than what you look like, that God is more satisfying, when He is the prize of life, that is the point that your soul is going to be the healthiest. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of the confusion about what a soul is makes it hard to care for your soul? I mean, this might be a bigger discussion, but I think we are living in a world that's actively running away from the reality of who God is. So why would you deal with a soul if a soul relates to God? Now, certainly you can pervert the definitions of soul and make it about inner peace and you know, personal connectedness with Mother Nature. Sure, you can pervert it that way too, but you're ignoring a reality that you might deny, but it's there. And so... Um, I don't know that we're ever going to address something that we're just so busy denying. And I think for us as believers, we swim in a world that's constantly preaching a different gospel. That's saying there is no God. You don't answer to anybody. Why would you need this connection? Mm. And I think no matter how strong we are, if we're in it for a period of time, it's going to have an impact on us. And so we might start looking to food. We might start looking to exercise. We might start looking to different forms of meditation to try to alleviate that because we're just not thinking about our soul. Yeah. That's, I think that's profound because what we just go on in our day doing our things and you say like not thinking about our soul, understanding that you have a soul and not giving it the attention that it needs suffocates your soul. Mm -hmm. If you're, if we're going to say, listen, you were made by God and you were made for God. And if you neglect that, that's going to have an impact on the most important part of you. And it's going to express itself in different ways, but it might get misdiagnosed as something else. Yep. But it's like, no, you were made for God. You were made by God, and you're not connecting with God. That's going to have an impact on somebody that has a soul. I'm going to read a quote. This is a book that I read over my sabbatical called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. He says this, the soul, this is the soul crying out. We never have enough. The truth is the soul's infinite capacity to desire is the mirror image of God's infinite capacity to give. What if the real reason we feel like we never have enough is that God has not yet finished giving? The unlimited neediness of the soul matches the unlimited grace of God. Hmm. Kind of like our, like seeing your soul as needy gives a perspective of like, okay, well then what are you trying to fill it with? And only it can be satisfied by God. Mm-hmm. So with, with that in mind, give us like what a healthy soul needs. Mm-hmm. I think a healthy soul. So, I mean, I think where we misdiagnose it, where we misdiagnose our soul, we might try to put bread in that place to feed its hunger, but it really needs the bread of heaven and going to God's word for being revived. It needs living water and just going to its source for who it is. It's like trying to put square blocks into round holes. When we try to medicate it or when we try to alleviate some of its tension by exercising, um, again, we're doing good things. We all need bread. We all need food. 
Yep, we all need exercise. Some of us need more exercise, Jake. Um, but um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> shots fired. Um, no, some of us need more exercise. Sure, and again, we take good things, but we misapply them. We're applying them to secondary issues, not the key issue, mm. which is that our soul is starving. And I, you know, I've heard this said before so often. But if we ate once every Sunday morning, we're going to be in a hurt bag. Maybe after a couple of weeks, mm. you know, I would be hurting on Sunday afternoon. But um, but you just can't go seven days at a time and, and get a little food for your soul and then just make it the rest of the week. We need to consistently feed it and for that health of mm. its of yeah. the soul. So, your question of what does a healthy soul need reminds me of Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what is a what is a healthy soul need? It needs to be like coming to Jesus mm. regularly. Yeah. Like because that's where you're gonna find rest for your your soul. And like who doesn't want that? Like your innermost part of who you are, the the whole person of who you are to have rest in your soul. We yeah. all long for that. And Jesus himself says, like, come to me. That's where you're going to find it. Don't yeah. go to everything else, but come to me. Mm-hmm. And so a healthy soul is consistently coming to Jesus. Yeah. And when we think of rest, it's even interesting, that analogy. A yoke is labor. Yeah. And he's talking about rest. And when we think of, oh, I need to care for my soul. We often think, like, I need just to get away. I need a vacation. I need a time away. But a soul does not need an easy life or healthy soul doesn't need an easy life. It needs an easy yoke. Hmm. And the easy yoke is Jesus, which mm-hmm. gives rest to a soul. Um, so yeah, your soul to be healthy needs God. You, yeah, which which is like Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flank, flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So like, God, I'm coming to you. I'm seeking you often because I'm so thirsty mm. for something, and it's you. Like yeah. I'm, I'm thirsting for you. My soul is thirsting for you. Yeah. Psalm 42, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul for you, O God. Um, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. And that's like, that is one of the verses you'd, you'd see on a mug. Yes. Like you got a nice little deer. Mm-hmm. It's by a stream. But the idea of a deer like panting for water. This is like this is this is your soul for God. There's a thirst like if a deer doesn't drink water, he's not going to do well. If your soul doesn't get God, it's not going to do well. Yep. Well, and I think too those are the sustaining um realities of that too but there's also a protection aspect by leaning into the lord um, psalms 121 verse 7 says the lord will protect you from all evil he will keep your soul and just seeing that need for that connectedness to your maker for both the water that you need to sustain you and the food that you need to keep you going but also for the protection from evil that is all around us yeah here's another verse that i think speaks to what our soul needs that may push back a little against the health craze culture that we see as well. Psalm 63, 5 and 6, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. I just want to pause and celebrate that. <laughs> just like fat and rich food is, uh, is what your soul needs. It says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. 
when I remember you upon my bed and meditate you in the watches of the night. He's saying, when I think about God, when I just spend time thinking about God, that's food to my soul. So you got two imagery of like water and food, and both of those are connected to God. Your soul needs God like your body needs water and food. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and that's the part where I think our culture has crept in and pulled us away from that we that desperate need that we have, and we ignore the desperate need we have. And the reality is, I just see this in counseling situations all the time. Like we're trying to fill it with other things. We're trying to fill it with the perfect marriage. We're trying to fill it with the perfect spouse. We're trying to fill it with the perfect kids and the awards and the the money and and all things that are great, all good things. And we love marriage. We're Christians. We love marriage. I mean, God can satisfy the single person too, but we speak so highly of marriage and so highly of purity, and we try to use those things to fill that need. And it's our need is God. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a creator. He offers himself to us. We need him to survive. So if our souls need God, like our bodies need food and water, and that's the imagery that's given, and not just food, like good food, like, oh, this was, I loved this meal type of food. What, what should a diet of God look like in your life for the health of your soul? Well, it needs to involve consistency. Mm-hmm. Like Matthew mentioned earlier, it can't just be a one day a week, one morning a week, Sunday morning, like, oh, that's when I got my, I got my nutrients for the week. Like you, <laughs> you wouldn't do that in any circumstance at all. But so often that's what we do from a, a Christian standpoint. Like I got my nutrients. I got my God this week on Sunday morning when we gathered together. And then I did not think about the Lord. I did not seek after the Lord. My soul was not thirsting for the Lord at any other time. It was only seeking and thirsting after the Lord during the really emotional song after the, the sermon. Mm. Right. Yeah, what does your pursuit look like throughout the week? I think of Psalms 1, 2. This doesn't necessarily speak directly to the soul, but blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor uh, sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And just to really lean in, like, if God is real, if I need him most, what does it look like to worship in the gathering and be reminded and redirected for the week? But what does it look like on on Sunday afternoon? What does it look like when we're out doing soccer? Like, Mm. what does it look like to really reach out and engage with someone? And I just had a blessing of a membership meeting with someone who was like, I asked about rhythms and time of prayer and they were like, well, I don't really have a time. I'm just, I'm, we always talk. Mm -hmm. And it was just really like, I was deeply impacted by it. We always talk. And Mm -hmm. just that constant engagement with a real God who is really present, who is a sustainer, who is a giver and wants to give more of himself. Yeah. I'm going to read another quote from that soul keeping book because that's right in line with what you're saying. He says, people in churches, including pastors, have been crushed with the guilt over their failure at having a regular quiet time or daily devotions. And then, even when they do, they find it doesn't actually lead to a healthy soul. Your problem is not the first 15 minutes of the day. It's the next 23 hours and 45 minutes. You must arrange your day so that you are experiencing total contentment, joy, and confidence in your everyday life with God. Like, there is frequency. We need God. We need His Word. But it's not just, okay, I gave God five minutes or 15 minutes at the beginning of my day. Like, if we understand our soul needs God, like we need food or water, it's like throughout the day, there's those times where you look up and you're just blown away at the 
clouds in the sky and the God who made him, and your soul's reminded of that. You keep turning to God over and over again. And I go back to Matthew 16, which I know we've mentioned a lot, but then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So Jesus is, what's put together here is like, hey, if you want to come after me, like you want to thirst for me, you want to seek after me, you got to deny yourself, come after me and follow me. So there's some there's some denial of self, not just self-care, but a denial of, of self, of mm-hmm. what yourself actually wants in order to go after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we're going to consistently seek after the Lord, but in order to do that, we're going to have to deny some other things in our lives that we think are going to, like, help our souls, mm-hmm. but they're actually just helping our mental state or something else even. Like, we want to help our souls, and if that's the case, you got to cut out some other things in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that as we're seeking to help our souls, right, it's good things that desire to hijack, you know, it's it's perversions of truth. I think something I wrestle with is the exercise thing, too. Like, am when I'm having a difficult day, am I going to the bicycle to relieve my stress and anxiety mm. or, and cause I know it helps. I, I can flat out tell you it helps or can God take those things, burdens from me as well. And I think they're both. And, you know, you can do both right. or what is temporary help because yeah, you can be right. like stress. I just need to go on a run. Yep. I need to get on the bike. I need to just work some of this out or I've had a bad day. I'm going to order pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, I can like go to those different things, but it's different than turning to God. Yep. It's like a temporary dealing with stress and anxiety, not a lasting one. Yeah, know? exactly. And I think I think those things can have a very real reality of of helping, but it is momentary. And that's where I think again, we don't think about our soul. Like when you're stressed out at work, the boss has been a jerk, you've got a project that's falling apart, or even if you're succeeding, we don't look at like, how's my soul doing? Mm. So even if the project is succeeding, how, how is my soul? Am I filling it myself with pride or, you know, where am I going to, am I giving praise where it's due? And then when I'm struggling too, of like, man, I just want the pizza, give me the bowl of ice cream, we'll be great, leave us alone. Um, but where's my soul at or how is my soul doing? So we get some comparisons in in the Psalms and throughout scripture of water and food and our soul needing God. And you have a soul. You are not just a body. You were made by God. And you were made for God. And throughout your day, throughout your life, throughout this year, you're in constant need of God to have a healthy soul. Um, we hope you lean into that reality uh, and acknowledge God throughout your day and see how desperate your soul is in need for God. Thanks, guys. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation in this series. We've got two more left on what an unhealthy soul is, and then we'll get into how to care for our soul in the last one. Love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.